Hello, universe. <clears throat> uh, it's just after midnight on the 10th of November, and I'm headed into work for my lovely 2 to 6 a.m. shift. Yeah, thanks, Home Depot. You guys rock. Um, a little bit of work angst, certainly uh, clogging the pipes, but what's what's got me signed on to speak to again is how connected to another person can you be before you meet them so that when you meet them, you feel like this is somebody I've known across time. I had never experienced this until recently. And maybe that sense of eternal connectivity, maybe that's all that I mistook falling in love for. But regardless, I am an emotional basket case of, it's like there's quicksand pulling me into res, resoluting, resolving this, uh, stop. So you know that mood where you don't really want to go to work, but you know you have to, but you really don't have to get there till 2 a.m. and it's only 12.20 on the 10th of November. Um, well, I'm in that mood. I do not want to go to work. I don't have a choice. I mean, I have a choice. I could call in sick. That would be stupid. But, would it? Some days I just feel like the least soul-enriching experience possible is the one that involves spending time stocking shelves at Home Depot. But that's just because I'm, bit, I'm getting caught up in the minute-by-minute minute instead of the big picture. There is no surviving in America without producing work into the capitalist engine, all of which I'm fine with. So this little tantrum I'm throwing about not wanting to go to work is strictly the... It's the filth that comes with doing work that really has no purpose, that you know 50 years from now will be getting done by robots and other various machinery. So, since the work itself is optimized, or soon will be, for our mechanical brethren without souls, well, those of us with souls, what do we do as we tick the time away in an activity that really means nothing, literally means nothing, other than its potential as a means to provide cat food that my cat is so uh, 
What are you doing over there? You are gorging yourself. You are enjoying life. Pause. Yeah, I'm going into work. I mean, and it's not even with that much reluctance. Once I get there, I'll be fine. It's the, it's the transition of self that has to occur on the way. Whoa. That takes me into the walled off version of myself. The one that can exist in corporate America without creating too much friction. Even though this week I found out about friction I created without even knowing it. That's been getting passed behind my back. I hate that kind of shit. First of all, I'll admit that my um, hmm, my full frontal approach to life and conversation specifically uh, is not something I want to change about myself, but it gets me in fucking trouble because the world can't handle it. And I'm not saying that I come along with brutal truths. I don't. I don't even come along with, like, statements of controversial nature. I just am willing to talk about what's going on with me at any point about anything. And that's too much for the universe to handle. <clears throat> so, if you're willing to uh, <coughs> cough in your audience's face, I mean, I think you're willing to pretty much do almost anything. I guess... Farting on someone's face would be worse. Would it? I mean, it's, yeah, it would. Especially if we're talking like, yeah, it would. In every instance, I can't imagine a place. Well, I guess I can imagine, uh, why am I? Here, I believe, is one of those moments where I'm having a first thought process ever. Which would I rather? Be coughed on or farted on my face? I might have to think about that one. I mean, if it's someone in fucking overalls, I'm not sure I wouldn't rather be farted on. But how close are we talking? Like four inches? Four millimeters? Four feet? Distance would clearly make a difference here. And let's just assume that it's in the closest possible proximity without actually touching Mm, boy, getting coughed on? Because that means somebody can't cover their fucking mouth? I don't know. I'd almost rather take the fart in every instance there. So, if you're going to make me go to Home Depot and put stuff on shelves, how can I have these important thoughts? How can you take away from my fulfilling life that is manifesting right now in real time by taking me over to an orange box and saying, put those boxes that are in that box, inside of that box, on that shelf next to that box, and do it 16 times in a row. Uh, yeah, okay, I'll do that, yep, on it. Or, or you could uh, cough in my face, you know, I mean, I'd almost rather you did that. Pause. Unpause.
Yeah, comedic callback. Provided for your pleasure. Or should we rib it for her pleasure? <laughs> no, I'm not doing Austin Powers fucking humor. No, thank you. Oh, comedy. Comedy is causing me angst. The desire to create laughter in the community at large is actually now causing me sorrow. Well, sorrow strong, but angst is fair. Stress? No, stress isn't fair. Can't get stressed out about comedy. What the fuck's wrong with you? I, I, I have flip-flopped four times on whether or not my six-month, well, actually not even six, five-and-a-half-month stand-up comedy career is over. It might be. But it might not be. And the not-bees, the not-bees have, have gained momentum. But not in the way that changes my idea of what stand-up comedy should be to me. I still think it should just be me speaking on a soapbox to the city of Denver whenever I'm given the opportunity. But I think I actually have to go take that opportunity now. I realize that the cap on free speech that has um, tainted our uh, public discourse um, does not exist in the arena of stand-up open mics. And that's why I've got to go. And... I may not be fucking funny, but I am going to be purposeful. Somewhere in that crowd is the next great human being. And at the very least, I have to remind them that they can't give up. So, that's where I'm currently at with that shit. But those comedic callbacks and trying to precision my way into a five-minute act that stimulates Mr. Uh, who's the dude on the Tonight Show? Fallon. Into offering me the Thursday night comedy sketch? No, I'm not interested. I mean, okay, maybe if Justin Timberlake's on the show, obviously, then I would probably say, okay, okay, Jimmy Fallon, but you fucking break during the goddamn sketch. That's my job. Uh, why am I getting lost in Fallon SNL memories? Because those are the only Fallon memories I have. I don't watch The Tonight Show. Who does? Why would you watch The Tonight Show? What are you tuning in for? To be told what the next movie star's thoughts are? Well, that would be like tuning into this and listening to my thoughts. If you... Watch The Tonight Show, and that is the kind of audience that is dead enough in their head that they can listen to me? Well, <clears throat> we might have to start doing some sketch comedy ourselves. Invite Justin Timberlake on the show. See if he says yes. What if he did? I wouldn't even know what to do. Probably send him a Galaxy S4 and tell him to record some shit. So, I don't think that's probably going to happen. Instead, nope, you're stuck with me doing bong hits because I'd rather do those than go to work, even though I have to go to work. And yes, I'm riding a bike, so don't worry. Ain't no DUI coming on this. 
Um, not that I'm judging you if you have a DUI or two or even three. Well, okay, at three, I'm probably judging you. Even at two, there's a little judgment. But certainly not at one. And really not at two. But three, yeah. Three, there is. And I'm speaking as someone who's been arrested for DUI three times. I only have two. But that doesn't count. That's just the courts being dumbasses. So, judge myself? Fuck yeah, I do. Why do you think I'm riding a bike? Well, that's not why. In fact, that's not why at all. But don't drink and drive. That is probably the one blanket statement that I would take for the entirety of my life and apply it retroactively right now. It's so stupid that there's never a time to do it. Not even in the most hypothetical emergency, emergency of emergencies. With the urgency of urgencies of all-time urgencies, should you ever be behind a wheel starting a car while intoxicated? I obviously don't consider marijuana intoxicated. Some people would argue that it is. Most limited studies on motor control impact are uh, undetermined to say the least. But more so than anything else here, don't drink and drive. Alcohol fucks you up and makes you a less prepared for reaction individual. I can throw a tennis ball at somebody and say, think fast, who's sober and somebody who's drunk, and I will take the sober person reacting better every single time, no matter how big an athlete Mr. Drunk Guy is. So, if you want to put that kind of uh, potential damage to the society at large over your head, you are a moron. I am the luckiest person to have gotten away with as much DUI behavior as I did without anybody getting hurt. Not even me. One time, $700 worth of damage to a mirror on my car. I am lucky as fuck. Because one of the things that you get to do if you are so lucky as to get arrested for DUI is attend classes about alcohol mediation in your life. And sitting in that class with me was a man who had just gotten out of prison for, he'd been in there for almost 20 years because he had killed five kids, well, kids, high school kids. He had killed Five teenagers, one of whom he beheaded and actually saw the entire carnage that he created. Now, he had, fortunately for him, lost most of the evening's true memory. He didn't have the glaring pain point of actually visualizing the scene that he created. But he said his dreams would bring it to him. He would wake up panicking, seeing the entire scene again, vividly knowing exactly what he was and where he was. And 
I've never seen somebody who was walking around upright, but literally had died inside until I met that guy. He's the only one I've ever known, but he had clearly fucking lost anything of himself of value to a situation that didn't need to happen. His choice changed the life of five people forever. And as far as I'm concerned, changed the life of everybody else in that room with me. Watching that guy process his actions, if that didn't make you never want to drink and drive, I don't fucking know what could. So, I recommend that you think hard, not about whether or not you need to get home or you're late or there's just no reason not to. There's always a reason not to. Every other fucking person in the universe. That's the reason. Pause. You know what's funny is uh, I never tell anyone about this recording uh, effort I'm uh, I'm undergoing here. Ever. For reasons. Because I don't want someone to listen to all this shit. Especially somebody who knows me. Um, but there are uh, people who at work, I guess, I didn't even really realize this. Uh, hang on. Who know about it? And, uh, and one of those is my direct supervisor who was told by my last direct supervisor. So I'm thinking, fuck, man, of all the people you don't want to tell, it's the guy that can fire you. I don't know if they could actually fire me. They probably could. But, Anthony, if you're listening, I'm on my way in. I just, you know, the fucking 2 a.m. start time, dude. I, and, and I'm going to work my 10 hours on Friday, no matter what. And I'm locked into those three hours that were open from 7 to 10 on Friday night. And I just sit here going, ugh. I saw this thing fucking two weeks ago and I knew then. I mean, this is what made me quit. This stupid little schedule flip. But here I sit trying to, um, as we say in Colorado, medicate my way into work. I just don't want any confusion that this is ever a problem. This is why I work so fucking hard, Anthony. Because I can concentrate my ass off and do menial shit like stocking shelves without ever taking a break. Pause. So this is one for you, Anthony. I uh, am not one to judge what it takes to get into work and do a good job. And since you get into work and do a good job, I assume whatever you're managing on your way in works for you because it works for the rest of us. Never, ever have I uh, had a Home Depot supervisor who I thought was uh, as easy to get along with as you. So, hey, bro, this dab is for you. All right, I'm going to see you in about 25 minutes, so I might as well get my shit together and go to work. Uh, <coughs> oh, pause.
Okay. Last but not least. Uh, well, probably least. Uh, I was going to say one more thing about working big box corporate structure. And that is, I don't enjoy how um, little accountability there is to people disappearing. Like, just gone. Who have worked there for a while. You don't know if they got fired. You don't know if they quit. You don't know if they're on leave. You don't know if they got hurt. You know nothing. And it's a, it's weird. It's like It's as if it's intended to keep us from giving a shit about each other. Or at least that's how I've always felt about it. And as I uh, recognize that I'm going into work at a time when we are severely shorthanded across a store, um, well, it gives me, it gives me, uh, well, it gives me no reason to think that I'm going to go do anything but do two jobs because we're 50% down. And yet I don't give a shit about the 50% down because nobody's helped me identify where that's coming from. Like, uh, to not respect the fact that there's a community within the store that's actually interwoven and somewhat dependent on each other, it's bizarre. It's just, it's as if, it's as, corporate America has so little sensibility when it comes to the individual's needs. They don't, the, the algorithms are so advanced now that the individual has zero voice. And every human prime number that exists here on 8675309 Earth has its own unique imprint of fulfillment need. And the mass model, which is the same at Sprouts, Kroger, Home Depot, Walmart, it's, it's going to create its own revolution. You can't just hmm, hamstring us into monkey, see monkey, do work without it causing us to literally lose our minds. And on that note, hell yeah, time to go to work. Okay, so I've just arrived at work. I'm waiting for Anthony to answer the phone so he can come unlock the door. <sighs> yeah! I'm here. Yeah! My enthusiasm for work is false. I'll give you that. But my, uh, my enthusiasm for Anthony is legit. And I'm not even trying to shine him on because I don't think he needs that, um, nor do I participate in that kind of shit. But I do tell people the truth, and as such, I'm going to have to let Anthony know that I'm talking about him on my recording series that I will never call a podcast except when I accidentally call it a podcast. So, to Anthony, and to all the mofos, who, despite getting the least rewarding end of the stick, continue to show up and do their job well and without making other people suffer whatever angst they may be bringing to the job themselves. I don't know if I can qualify on that level. 
in many ways, when I come to work, I bring my angst with me. But when it comes to guys like Anthony, <clears throat> there's not much you can say. Hey, uh, Anthony, since the reason I'm kind of late is because I was reporting a podcast in homage to you, I just want to make sure that you have been told by me previously that I think you're a very good manager. Yeah. Of course I do, because he's the best. See ya. So, yeah, universe, it's 734 on the 10th. What is today? Friday? Friday the 10th of November. And, you know, I don't know if it was more like me yesterday to go run errands for two hours in the afternoon only to come home and find my keys dangling in the door or to have come to work on a day when I wasn't scheduled. Oh my, are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding.